Okay, uh, welcome to the show. This is episode 3 of the Main Polls Podcast, and today is going to be a bit of a continuation of episode 2. In the last show, we covered some of the results from the November 3rd election. We went over which House seats flipped Republican, and the fact that no House seat flipped Democrat. And while the Republicans did win a Senate seat, they lost a couple too. The other thing I dug into were the results projected by the Associated Press for the federal elections, the presidential, U.S. Senate, and U.S. House races. And we figured out that, despite Trump getting 359,502 votes, which works out to be about 23,909 more than in 2016, Biden is projected to get a little over 430,023 votes, so not only does he beat Trump by 70,521 votes, he brought in 72,288 more votes than Hillary got in 2016. Biden got more votes in Maine than Obama did in 2008, and unlike Obama, he somehow did it without winning the popular vote in the 2nd District. One of the other numbers we went over were the total votes cast in the U.S. Senate and House races. We found out that, based on those AP projections, 813,317 people cast a vote for president, and 811,404 Mainers cast a vote in the U.S. Senate race. So, 1,913 people cast a ballot for president and then did not cast a vote in the U.S. Senate race, which is possible. It's entirely plausible that a couple thousand people preferred to vote for none of those four candidates. What seems less likely is that 796,107 people cast a vote in either the first or second district house race, leaving 17,210 people casting a vote in the presidential race, but not in their U.S. Congressional District House race. It would also mean that 15,297 voted in the U.S. Senate race, but not their U.S. House race. So, a record-breaking number of people voted in the presidential race, slightly fewer voted in the Senate race, and then between 15 and 17,000 people appear to have ignored the U.S. House race. So, my next thought was, does this trend continue down ballot? Does voter participation drop off more and more the more localized a race gets? So I added up all the votes cast in all the state house race districts, and then each state senate district to see how it compared. But, unfortunately, I can't really answer that question until the Secretary of State finally releases the certified results. You can only glean so much from AP projections, because they don't report anything on the districts where the person is running unopposed and there are 32 House and 2 Senate districts that were unopposed. And when the Associated Press reports the presidential U.S. Senate and House races, they don't report how each town or county voted. They just give the projected statewide popular vote. So, until the Secretary of State data is released, there's really no way to tell if less people voted down ballot than voted for president. However, there is something we can learn by adding up the votes cast in every state house and senate race, and it has to do with understanding where Biden got his 70,000 plus lead over Trump. About 70,000 more than what Hillary got in 2016, enough to beat Obama's turnout in both 2008 and 2012. And that's sort of where the last show left off from last time. Where did all these Biden voters come from? Trump got more votes than he did in 2016. 
So the idea that people abandon Trump to vote for Biden doesn't really seem likely. And yet, Biden still somehow pulled in over 72,000 more voters than Hillary did in 2016, and ends up beating Trump by over 70,000 votes. So, today we're going to try and shed some light on that question. Where did this massive upswell of Biden's support come from? Not just enough to crush Trump and beat Hillary's total, but enough to beat Obama's record too. And to do this, in addition to, to using the AP projections, we're going to use registered voter roll data that is publicly available online and is regularly released by Maine's Secretary of State's office. I've pulled two. One shows statewide voter enrollment in November 2016, so the same month that the last presidential election was held. The other data set is the same thing, statewide voter enrollment, but it's from this past July, which is the most recent report. And they break down total voter enrollment as well as political party enrollment by county, municipality, by statehouse district, or by senate district, right down in the individual voting districts that the larger towns and cities have. And so I entered a lot of this data into a few spreadsheets and have basically spent the last few days running the numbers. So we're going to dive deep into comparing some of these projected results along with any changes Maine's voter rolls have experienced over the past four years leading up to this election, with the hope of gaining some insight or maybe identifying some trends that would help further explain the outpouring of Biden support. It won't tell us much about changes to the voter rolls after July 2020. We'll have to wait until they release an updated voter registration report, which might not be for another month. But it will still give us a good idea of the lay of the land leading up to the election. So first, we'll add up all the total votes cast in the state house and senate races. Then we'll add up the total registered voters within the house and senate districts that had unopposed races. This will show us exactly how many votes these districts could have possibly contributed to the presidential race, and what percentage voter turnout within those unopposed districts would have been required to reach the 815,000 votes cast for president. Then we'll take a look at changes in voter registration totals and party enrollment. We'll compare registration changes over the past four years and see if there were any noticeable trends that could have foreshadowed Biden's numbers. So first, let's take a look at the voter enrollment data for all those House districts and the two Senate districts that were unopposed. Out of the 155 state House seats, 32 of them went unopposed, so 20% of them. 22 of those are Democrat-controlled, and 10 of them are Republican-controlled. And, as we learned in the last episode, the geographical divide isn't so much red in the north and blue in the south as much as it is red to the west and blue to the east, with the interstate effectively being the dividing line. And the total registered voters in all those districts combined is 201,118 voters, so quite a bit works out to be about 19% of Maine's entire electorate being located in unopposed House districts. Now, the total number of votes cast in all Maine's House races combined is 614,679 votes, which is 198,638 short of the total votes that were actually cast for president. Which is a lot. But remember that 20% of the House districts were unopposed and effectively didn't have a House race, and so those voters aren't represented in that 614,000 number. But if we take those total votes cast in House races 
and assume that most, if not all, also vote for president, it works out to be a 71% voter turnout in those 123 House districts that actually had races. Now, if we take the voter registration totals from those 32 unopposed House districts, those 201,118 voters, and pretend that every single one of them got out there and voted, and so add those voters to the 615,000 plus people that did vote in a House district election, and it comes out to 815,797 total possible voters. So 2,480 more than what was actually cast in the presidential election. What this tells us is that, assuming everyone that voted in a state House race also voted for president, in order to reach the actual 813,317 votes cast in the presidential election, the voter turnout from those unopposed House districts would have needed to be around 100% in order to hit the total projected number of voters cast for president. So, that's a lot. Remember too, though, that this number doesn't take into account any new voter registrations between August 2020 and November 3rd. So, the total voter registration number could end up being a little higher once the updated data is released. But unless there were several thousand new voter registrations in the couple months prior to the election within just those districts, we're still looking at over 95% turnout within those unopposed districts. Now, about 50% of the registered voters that reside in unopposed districts are in Cumberland County, and about 40% of those are in one of the six unopposed Portland districts. And so, 20% of all the voters residing in unopposed House districts are in Portland. And not all Portland's districts were unopposed, remember. And the last show we found out, the Democrat candidate for House District 37, which covers the Outer Congress area of Portland, received over 90% of the votes cast. Interestingly enough, all these Portland districts are also within either Senate District 27 or Senate District 28, which were also the only two unopposed Senate districts, and so no AP data is available for them either. So I decided to run the numbers for those two Senate districts the same way I ran those House district numbers, and this is what we end up with. Okay. So there are 35 main Senate seats, and the AP has voter projections for 33 of them. The remaining two, District 27 and 28, went unopposed, so the AP didn't publish any data. Senate District 27 covers the downtown Portland area, the east and west end, and everything in between, along with the neighborhoods circling the back cove area as well. And the 28 is the rest of Portland, so all those residentials along with the southern portion of Westbrook. Now, if we add up all the votes cast in the other 33 Senate districts, we get 742,313 total votes cast in state Senate races. And if we assume that most, if not all, of those 742,313 voters also cast a vote for president, then we could figure out that voter turnout within those 33 Senate districts was around 71% and that we're still 71,004 votes short of the 813,317 total statewide votes that were cast for president. So now we can go figure out how many total registered voters there are within those two Senate districts and see how many of those voters would have had to turn out to reach that record-breaking 
813,317 votes cast for president. And so, as of July 2020, Senate District 27 has 38,690 registered voters, and Senate District 28 has 32,624. So combined, we're looking at 71,314 registered voters within those two state Senate districts. So they need about 108% voter turnout within those two Senate districts in order for the statewide voter tallies to equal what is being reported by the AP. So if you took every registered voter within the city of Portland and part of Westbrook, combined with every vote cast in the other 33 Senate districts, it still wouldn't be enough to reach the 813,000 voters projected by the Associated Press to have voted for president in Maine. Okay, so let's put a pin in that for a moment and pretend that 100% voter turnout isn't a huge red flag for, let's call them, election irregularities. Looking at the numbers this way has shed some light on what parts of the state drove this record-breaking voter turnout namely near 100% voter turnout within Maine's 32 unopposed House districts, 15 of which are located in Cumberland County and Maine's two unopposed Senate districts, both of which are located in Portland. But this doesn't really tell us who these people voted for, only where they most likely came from. So let's dig at that one next. We can use assumptions to speculate, but we can't know this one for sure until the official results are released from Maine's Secretary of State. However, what we can do is compare total voter enrollment between 2016 and 2020 to see if we can spot any trends leading up to the election. And this is publicly available data that is regularly updated and released by the Secretary of State's office. It breaks it down by county, town, state senate and house district, even the voting precinct. And according to those reports, at the time of the election in November 2016, there were 1,058,444 registered voters in Maine. And by July of 2020, which was the most recent data available, Maine had 1,063,383 registered voters. So overall, statewide, there were 4,939 more registered Maine voters in July of 2020 than there were in November of 2016. It also shows that, over the same period of time, the Republicans picked up 9,802 new party members, and the Democrats added 48,434 new party members to their state rolls. So that 70,000-plus boost Biden saw over half of that could be explained with this 48,000-plus jump in Democrat party enrollment. Interestingly enough, both parties picked up enough new party members to more than cover the some 4,900 new registered voters. So, how is that possible? How can Maine only have about 4,900 new voters, but the Dems and Republicans combined picked up over 58,000 new party members between them? It means that, at least from the statewide data, that these jumps in party enrollment, especially from the Democrats, had to have come from voters that were already registered to vote prior to November 2016. Biden's numbers couldn't have just come from a wave of new registered voters across the state, and seeing as that not only did the Republican Party gain in party membership, but that Trump also picked up 22,000 more votes than he did in 2016, 
It seems unlikely that Maine Republicans quit the party, joined the Democrats, and then voted for Joe Biden. So it's not from a wave of new registered voters, and it's not from a mass migration of Republicans becoming Democrats. So what else is there? Well, the only two remaining political parties are the Maine Greens and Maine Libertarians. And statewide, both those parties lost membership during the time period we're looking at. The Greens lost 2,876 members. They lost membership in every single county except one. And I'll give you one guess as to which one it was. You think you know? Nope. It was Aroostook. Aroostook County picked up 79 new Green Party members. The other 15 counties lost Greens. The largest loss actually came out of Cumberland County. They lost 991 Green Party members. No other county dropped like that. The closest one behind that was the 385 Greens that York County lost. All in all, between November 2016 and July 2020, the Green Party membership dropped 7% statewide. And there's a few reasons that I'm kind of surprised by that. One of the main ones being that, well, one of the selling points for the IRV system was more third-party participation, but it seems like the opposite is happening. And if it were just counties with universities and college populations, like Penobscot, Cumberland, and Androscoggin, and some of those did see the biggest loss in membership, but the overall losses weren't concentrated like that. They were statewide. So, yeah, okay. Back to the main Democrats, additional 48,000 members, and Biden's extra 70,000 plus voters. It's possible every single one of these nearly 2,900 Greens went, picked up the Democratic cause, and voted Biden. But it still wouldn't be nearly enough to equal the gains the Democratic Party made, or the massive turnout for Biden. Even if we start adding them together... So we got 4,939 voters that registered after November 2016 and add them to the 2,876 voters that left the Green Party. We're still only at 7,815 voters. Still a far cry from the 48,000 plus that joined the Democrats. The final political party that Maine has is the Libertarian Party, or should I say had, because sometime between November 2016 and July 2020, the Libertarian Party lost its official status as a main political party. For reasons that maybe I can dig at in a future episode, but suffice to say that between November 2016 and July 2020, the total Libertarian Party enrollment went from 5,616 to zero. And so these 5,600 former libertarians didn't necessarily change their party affiliation. In fact, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure what the protocol would have been. I'd like to assume they would have defaulted back to unenrolled, but I might have to follow up on that. I'm sure some probably joined the Republican Party. I'd find it highly unlikely that many libertarians, if any at all, went and joined the Democrat Party, but for the sake of argument, Let's say that all 5,616 joined up with the 2,876 former Greens and the 4,939 newly registered voters. We're still only at 13,421 registered voters. So now, even with all the former Libertarians included in there, it still doesn't account for half of the new Democrat Party members. 
and was still about 80% shy of the 72,000 vote boost he got over Clinton. Okay, so what's left? Well, let's see. There are 1,063,383 total registered voters in Maine as of July 2020, and 723,601 of them are enrolled in a political party. A little under 4% are Greens, about 30% are Republican, and 36% are Democrats. So, 68% of all of Maine's registered voters are either in the Democratic, Green, or Republican Party. And that leaves about 32% that are unenrolled with any political party as of July 2020. Prior to 2016, unenrolled registered voters were Maine's largest voting bloc. But between 2016 and June 2020, the number of unenrolled voters in Maine dropped by 44,805 voters. While during the same period of time, Democrats gained 48,434 new party members, and this swing away from being unenrolled and the jump in Democrat enrollment made the Democrats the largest block, and unenrolled voters have become the second, something that I'm not sure that's ever really happened. Maine has a long history of being independent in its politics, so this apparent shift away from that is important to note. Okay, so sometime between November 2016 and July 2020, 44,805 unenrolled voters went and joined one of the political parties. But since we already know that the Libertarian Party isn't an option, and the Greens have been losing people everywhere except the county, then we got almost 45,000 registered voters that decided to get up one day and go and join either the Republican or Democrat Party. And while it's certainly likely that some of that shift contributed to the extra 9,000 Republicans Maine now has compared to 2016, I'd say it's even more likely that the 11.5% drop in unenrolled registered voters has a direct correlation with the 14% jump in registered Democrats. And as it turns out, every single county in Maine dropped in their unenrolled registered voter totals, all of them. So let's take a closer look at which counties lost the most unenrolled voters. The biggest drop came from Cumberland County. Unenrolled voters there dropped 11,021. And Cumberland County also had the largest spike in Democratic membership, adding over 21,192 between 2016 and July 2020. So around 48% of those 48,000 plus new Democrat Party members came out of Cumberland County, and about 52% of those new Cumberland County Democrat Party members came from unenrolled registered voters that went and joined the Democrat Party. Second place goes to York County, they lost 8,134 unenrolled registered voters, and York County also got second place for largest jump in Democrat enrollment, picking up 9,837 new members. Now, the difference between the two here is that York County also picked up around 2,200 new Republicans, which is actually the largest uptick in Republican enrollment out of any other county. While Cumberland County, on the other hand, was the county that lost the most Republicans of any county, dropping 386 members. Penobscot County is in third. They lost 4,921 unenrolled voters, and then picked up 
1,759 new Democrat voters and 1,145 new Republican voters. So a bit more evenly split there. Um, Kennebec and Hancock counties lost 3,632 and 2,316 unenrolled voters respectively, but they each picked up about the same number of Democrats. Kennebec got an additional 2,671 and Hancock got 2,670. Those counties are the ones with the largest swing between the unenrolled voters and the Democrat voter rolls. But like I said, all 16 counties lost unenrolled voters, and all 16 counties gained Democrats except one, that county being Aroostook County, which, as you may recall, was also the only county to gain in Green Party members. Alright, now, I want to take a closer look at the two counties that both lost the most unenrolled voters and also gained the most Democrat voters, Cumberland and York counties. Because in addition to holding the records for most unenrolled voters lost and the most Democrat voters gained out of any other county, they both also saw the largest gains in voters registered between November 2016 and July 2020. Cumberland had the most new voter registrations with 7,461 newly registered voters added to their voter rolls between 2016 and July 2020. York County got the second most with 2,616. So between the two, there were 10,077 newly registered voters in those two counties alone, a number that was hidden when we were looking at the state-level data because of the significant drops in total registered voters from counties like Penobscot and Aroostook, which combined had between four and 5,000 registered voters removed from their rolls over the same period of time. Okay, so like I said before, Cumberland County saw an increase in Democrat membership of 21,192. Cumberland County also gained 7,461 new registered voters, but even if every single one of those 7,461 new registered voters also joined the Democrat Party, we'd still be missing some 13,731 new Democrat voters. Now, just for funsies, Let's assume that every single one of those newly registered voters in Cumberland County joined the Democrat Party, all 7,461 of them, along with the 991 former Green Party members Cumberland County lost. They also decided to join the Democrats, and so did the 1,333 Libertarians in Cumberland County that lost their party. Let's pretend that all of them joined the Democrat Party along with the 11,021 voters that were unenrolled before November 2016, but then joined a political party sometime between November 2016 and July 2020, let's assume that all 11,021 of them decided to join the Democrats. That puts us at 20,806. So we're still 386 voters shy of the 21,192 new Democrats registered in Cumberland County. But wouldn't you know it, that the exact number of Republican voters that Cumberland County lost during this time frame was 386. So, according to the data for Cumberland County, every single one of the voters that registered between 2016 and July 2020 joined the Democrat Party. Every single voter that dropped the Green Party went and joined the Democrat Party. 
Every single libertarian that suddenly found themselves without a political home in Maine decided to join the Democrat Party. All the unenrolled voters that decided to join a political party, all of them picked the Democrat Party. All of them. And then, on top of that, every single registered Republican that dropped the party went and joined the Democrat Party instead. And again, this is based on data released by Maine's own Secretary of State's office. And we can drive this right down to the municipality. Let's start with the obvious, Portland. Portland Greens lost 288 voters. The Libertarians lost 452. The Republicans dropped 412. The number of unenrolled dropped 2,662. And the city of Portland gained 2,990 newly registered voters. And if we add those all up, they balance out to be 6,804 which is exactly the amount of voters that joined the Democrat Party over the same period of time. Brunswick. Add up the loss from the Greens, Libertarians, Republicans, and unenrolled. Combine that with their newly registered voter amount. It equals 2,055. Democrats, again, just happen to pick up 2,055. It's the same thing in Freeport. Gorham, Westbrook, Wyndham, all of them. I checked York County next thinking that this was a Cumberland County phenomenon, and that because York County actually picked up Republicans, the outcome would be different. It wasn't. York County lost 231 Green Party members. They lost 539 Libertarians. They picked up 676 Republicans, lost 4,658 unenrolled voters, and they gained 1,428 new voters Add them up, and it balances out to 6,180, which is exactly how many voters in York County joined the Democrat Party. And again, it drills right down to the community level. Berwick, Biddeford, Kittery, Saco, they all do it. If you take the difference between the Greens, Libertarians, Republicans, unenrolled, and newly registered, they always balance out to exactly how many voters join the Democrats. I ended up going back to the county level data to see if it showed up anywhere else, and sure enough, it happened in every county. When you put together total, the total gains and losses from the Greens, Libertarians, Republicans, and the unenrolled, and combine it with the new voter registrations, it always works out to exactly how many voters join the Democrat Party. Even in Aroostook, the only county to lose Democrats. If you take the Greens, which actually gained in Aroostook, combine it with the drop in Libertarians, the increase in Republicans, the decrease in unenrolled voters, and the new voters, it balances out to how many voters the Democrats lost in Aroostook. Even just dealing with the statewide level data, I didn't even catch it at first, but it's the same thing. You take the 2,876 drop in Greens, 5,616 drop in Libertarians, the 9,802 gain in Republicans, the 44,805 drop in unenrolled voters, and the 4,939 new registered voters, total it all up, and it balances out to 48,434, which is exactly how many new voters the Democrats picked up statewide. So, we set out to try and understand how it was that Joe Biden pulled out such a commanding victory, and based on the data that is currently available, it seems that there were two things at play here. The first, nearly 100% voter turnout within a group of state house districts, along with the two Senate districts that cover Portland. That's on the one hand. 
Alongside this record-breaking voter turnout, the Democrat Party had a massive influx of new party members that could easily account for more than half of the 70,000 voter boost Biden got. And it wasn't just newly registered voters. Greens, Libertarians, former Republicans, those that don't normally align with any party, from across the state, they all apparently decided to join the Democrats and presumably vote for Joe Biden. Okay, and it looks like, literally as I'm finishing this up, the Secretary of State has released their data finally. So, that's what I'll be doing next. Some of what I laid out here is speculative based on the AP projections that are available. So part of this will be seeing exactly how accurate these Associated Press projections actually are. I'll be checking to see if they've updated the voter registration totals as well. I'm especially curious to see if those massive shifts in party affiliation continued right up until the election. Okay, so I guess that's good for today. What I'm going to try and do is put some of this data up on the website at themainpolls.com. So anyone go and look at what it is I'm talking about. It might take me a day or two before I can get to it, but I'll get it up there as soon as I can. Alright, that's all I got for now. Thanks.